special quickie edition for this new comic book day. Well, I'm Aaron, by the way. (laughs) So I'm like, what's happening? (laughs) Uh, Well, I mean, technically, by the time you guys are listening to this, it won't be new comic book day. Yeah, but we're recording it on new comic book day, and we get credit for that, Paul. Yeah, we do. We, We worked hard to read these two comics. During work hours. <laughs> this is Paul, by the way. Uh, so I did not. And, and I, I, full disclosure, I read it on my lunch break. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, we don't get pumps. lunch breaks, Aaron. We don't yeah, get you're, lunch. You're, fair point. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there were there were a cup. There were a number of big releases this week. There was Action Comics number one thousand one, Justice League Dark number one, Doomsday Clock number six. And a couple of other books, but we wanted to kind of focus on uh, two books that had new creative teams or or starts of new arcs. And so we wanted to talk about Action Comics number 1001 and Justice League Dark number one. So Action Comics is the start of the Brian Michael Bendis, Pat Gleason uh, arc on the book. Uh, you know, this is uh, Bendis's more street level, um, in his words. Superman book, so where Superman will feature big action and Rogar's all and, uh, you know, that Ivan Rice art and the Phantom Zone story. This is going to be a little bit more, uh, street focused, um, you know, Clark Kent, Daily Planet characters. And based on what this first issue seems to uh, give me the impression of, it's going to very much focus on that, um, arson story that had set up in the Man of Steel series. Right. Right. And, you know, at the, in that Man of Steel series, we found out that uh, Superman was fingered as uh, being the guy setting the fires. <laughs> <laughs> Superman or super arsonist. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Paul, we weren't dazzled by the Man of Steel books. Correct. And uh, there are some things I really liked about this book. The Patrick Gleason artwork is amazing. It is absolutely amazing. Um, Except I do have – there's a character in the book. Um, she is a gossip columnist. Yeah. And she looks a bit too much like Lois to me. Yeah. In fact, there's a scene – I know what you're, exactly what you're talking about. There is a scene where she's you know, looking over her notes and I'm like, is that Lois? You know, yeah. She's got the pencil behind her ear and she's tap, tap, tapping on her keyboard and you you see her notepad there next to it, and she's got you know a a, a a strike through on a couple of the notes, and the notes that you can see is the secrets of Lois Lane, you know, uh, and other notes there. But I, I, she does; she looks too much like Lois the way Patrick Gleason has drawn her in other books. Well, so here here's how confusing it is for 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 the audience. That is Lois Lane. Aaron. Really? Yes. How did you know that? <laughs> um, because if if you uh, if you look at her notes, the first one is the secrets of Lois Lane, mm-hmm. but the two that are struck struck through are my secrets. And um, there's another oh. one further down. I married an alien from outer space. Ah. So that that actually is Lois back on Earth, apparently re- writing a tell all about uh, about. Wow, Superman. I thought. I absolutely thought that was the gossip columnist. No, it's Lois Lane. Yeah. And on top of that, because it's Lois Lane, I have some major issues with that scene. I don't know what exactly is going on there. Um, but I guess that's what we're saying. So there's a little bit of confusion, despite the fact that Pat Gleason draws a dynamite Superman. Um, that, that clearly 
some confusion in regards to the the female characters um, looking kind of like Lois Lane. Yeah, uh, I, I I like the little cabal of bad guys, mm-hmm. you know, that are hiding out in a big uh, lead tank. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, to uh, have their secret meeting away from Superman. I, I I think that's a a really neat idea, you know. Um, I, I thought that was that was really interesting and in kind of explaining how low level crime can operate in Metropolis when you've got you know Superman out there. But if I were if I were just taking this book on its own uh, versus what I understand uh, from an interview I read with Bendis today, mm-hmm. um, I would stop reading action comics altogether. Really. Because I am not interested in seeing the dysfunctional family Superman. Um, I, I I really am not. I like Lois and Clark being happy together. I like them raising their son. I really appreciate uh, how you know Clark is trying the, as as much as he can to be like his Earth father in raising Jonathan and, you know, really a step, you know, and because we recognize that the Kents are the whole reason that Superman is the man he is. And so he's trying to do the same thing for his son so that, you know, he, he makes the same mark as a good man on the earth that Superman has. Uh, I'm not interested in seeing latchkey Jonathan, you know, shuttling between Superman's house and Lois Lane's house. I'm really not interested in seeing that. But I read an interview today with Bendis in which he was saying, you know, we know that Lois and, and Clark love each other, but they're different. They're special. They've got it. They're, they're not everybody's family. So it shouldn't seem like their family is normal. They don't have a normal family. It shouldn't seem normal. They don't have a normal son. They, you know, their, their son has special needs. He said, we should see that in, in, in the family. So, I can deal with a little bit of stress in it, and I'm hoping this resolves soon. And the only thing that encouraged me was Bendis talking about how much he recognizes these two characters love each other. Um, so I, I'm going to stick it out a little bit longer. But, Paul, yes. there is something beyond the not being able to tell the, the, the women characters apart from each other. There is something that really annoyed me in this book. What's that? There is you – know, we, we find out that the kid who informed on Superman, who went to the fire marshal and said, hey, you know, uh, Superman set them fires. We found out that he was paid to say that. Yeah. And all, all we know is that it was a big bald guy. And so Superman is considering all the bald guys he knows that might be behind this. You know, I, I was amused to see that he's got Mr. Freeze in the lineup when, you know, Victor Freeze is not really one of his uh, villains. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he's kind of running through, you know, all the bald guys. And I was amused to see Dan DiDio in the lineup. <laughs> that tickled me rather a lot. Yeah. What I was bothered by was uh, I Patch Bendis. Is that uh, what that on- is? Yes, that's Eyepatch Bendis because you know he had that uh, um, he had that you know real serious infection right uh, before yeah. he came over to uh, DC. And here's what bothers me about that is that you know yeah, I Didio has got a has got a place on that page. He is longtime DC personality Dan Didio. Bendis hadn't earned it at DC yet. 
I, you know, I, it reminds me, you know, of the days when Stan and Jack would, uh, you know, get drawn into a comic or Roy Thomas or even John Byrne back in the day. Right. Um, but those guys had all earned it. Those guys had done their time at Marvel. Bendis just got here. Yeah. And as far as I'm concerned, he's still making his bones. And I just, I'm sorry. It feels, it it feels wrong him placing himself on the page because, you know, I could see putting Dan Jurgens there. I could see putting you, but he's not a bald guy. I could, I could see putting any number of other super Superman talent on there. But, you know, Bendis, as far as I'm concerned, is still the new guy. He's the rookie. And I need him to to prove his uh, his Superman acumen before he starts having himself drawn into the comic. No, well, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. I think there are actual bald villains without having to make inside jokes on that page. Right. Um, well, and, and the Didio one would would have been perfect all by itself. Yeah. I thought that was hysterical. I you know when I when I because I, I read it on Guided View and on Guided View each one of those comes up on its own, right? Yeah. And so when it got to Didio, I cracked the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was great. And then you know it scrolls you know like three or four later to Bendis, and I'm like, okay, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I that didn't bother me as much, probably because I didn't realize that was him. You know, it, this is – I will say I enjoyed this a lot more than I enjoyed Superman number one. I enjoyed this storyline because it is continuing the threads of the book Man of Steel that I actually liked, mm-hmm. whereas Superman is focusing more on the Rogarzal Phantom Menace or Phantom Zone stuff. <laughs> um, so I, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying this a little more. To your point about the Lois Lane, Jonathan Kent stuff, I'm, I'm that I'm very, very nervous. Yeah, about I, that. I, I'm not wild about it. I, you know, I'm not. I really don't want to see Clark and Lois at odds with each other. I, I really don't. It's not. I, I, I don't feel like that's going to be fun for me. Yeah. Um, and I don't. I, I don't really think that that's what Superman fans want. I don't think that this is. I don't think that this is a Spider-Man situation where it's like, oh, we want our Spider-Man single. I don't think people want Superman single. No. I don't think They've people want – Yeah. And, and you know, we've got 75 years of that, right? Of, of Or, you know, probably more like 65 years of it. But, you know, we've got a long time of Superman out there on his own. And all of that time was him, you know, let's get him together with Lois. We still have a lot of married – Lois and Clark stories to tell. We have not exhausted that 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 story resource yet, um, and it bugs me. It bugs me that this is one of the first stories that Bendis wants That's to my tell. Thing. Like it's the first thing you're doing is taking them yeah. apart. And here's again, I'm I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that you know. Of course, it's a story. It's a suspense thing. You you want them to stick together. So I'm hopeful that. You know, that this is just a story and everything's going to turn out okay in the end. But he hasn't earned that goodwill from me yet because what he does is he comes in and he destroys stuff. That's Bendis' MO. And not in a bad way, but that's what you hire the guy for, to disassemble your teams. Um, And so I'm I'm genuinely concerned. I I will continue. I, I am, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about this the other day. I genuinely don't know if I'm buying Superman number two. Yeah, but I am going to buy Action Comics one thousand too. Well, I you know I'm I'm still in. The only reason I I'm not jumping out is you know I read that that interview with Bendis. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I, I just I, I'm worried. I, I you know I love these characters and I love their relationships with one another. 
I, I don't want to, you know, I, I really don't want to see the, the, the family broken up, you know? Yeah. And you know, if for, for what it's worth. And of course, Brian Michael Bendis is a, a superstar comic writer and I'm just like an unpaid, uh, comic book, uh, chatter on the internet. Um, <laughs> For what it's worth, I think if if he truly comes in and 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 loves Superman and loves Lois and loves Jonathan and loves all that Pat Gleason and Pete Tomasi and Dan Jurgens did, embrace what you love. Don't come in and immediately undo it. Agreed. Um, you know, don't don't come in and give that false sense of suspense to get us back there. Embrace what you love. Show us stories showing that you love that. And mm-hmm. then then give us the suspense. You know, after you've earned it, but like in your first goddamn issue yeah taking them apart and it's like dude like just you know get wait earn that story Uh, because right now given given that you're new to the arc i feel like you're just coming in and doing changes for change's sake yeah yeah no i absolutely agree it's you know it's the guy who 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 just comes in and rearranges all the furniture i'm just not happy about it yeah but but paul yes sir conversely very happy about Justice League Dark Number One. Oh, I knew I would be too. So, God, this book is hot. It is. So you know, a, a while back, and I, I mention this every time we talk about this book. But James Tynion the Fourth and Alvaro Martinez were the creative team um, on, you know, James Tynion the Fourth on Detective Comics for a while. But Alvaro Martinez was the artist for a couple of arcs, and one of them very significantly features Zatanna. And so when they were announced as the creative team on this book, I knew I was going to be in. And, uh, you know, first of all, the cover is beautiful. Yes. And second of all, the variant cover by Greg Capullo is also pretty hot. Yeah. Um, but the art inside is just gorgeous. Yeah. I, each page is, is beautifully drawn. Uh, th- those pages that are supposed to be horrific and macabre are appropriately so. Yeah. Um, he, there is so much. Uh, done with color and light in the book beyond the uh, the uh, line drawings. Yeah. So you know the, the colorist and inkers are just you know working so beautifully together. Um, you know, one of the things that bugs me about the Justice League book that we read last week is that there, there's really no backgrounds in that damn book, right? It's all character work and very little in terms of of you know drawing the setting. But I mean, you have got you know, architecture and landscape and beautiful automobiles. I mean, the 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 background work uh, in each panel is just stunningly gorgeous. And Paul, can I just say that this is the first book in a very long time that's given me exactly what I wanted and when I needed it. I needed me some Detective Chimp. And page after page, panel after panel, we get ourselves some Detective Chimp. And not only that, he's shaping up to be a fairly major character in this book. Yeah. And that alone will keep me on it. I, I really loved this book. Well, and I, I quite enjoyed the the Man Bat turn of this book. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The, the, the byplay between Detective Chimp and Man Bat was hysterical. And then when, you know, monsters and whatnot get all activated and start attacking, uh, you know, uh, Wonder Woman and Detective Chimp and and her having to call up, uh, you know, Kirk, you know, Kirk Langstrom, the man bat and says, Kirk, 
I might need you to be a bit more threatening <laughs> yeah. because he's only, he's only, you know, scientist walking around with a bat head. He's like, he's like a <laughs> doctor banner, you know, what, what yes. was that? Uh, Doc Green. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause he's the smart man bat in that form. Yeah. I, I really liked this book. I, I really too. liked this book a lot. I, I really have no complaints about this book other than the fact that Zatan is not wearing fishnets. Yeah. Uh, I'm not that a fan of Zatan's current design. Case. What was that? I'm not a big fan of her current design in this book. Yeah, yeah she's uh, she's not as uh, as Zaytana-y as she typically is, yeah. right? Um, her hair is just kind of a little flat, and you know, just the, the the costume's not not as delightfully ridiculous as it has been in the past. Yeah, and but I got to tell you, Swamp Thing is gorgeous. Oh yeah, he he is drawn better here than I've seen him in a lot of places. Uh, I, I was I'm not a big Swamp Thing fan, but I really like the way he's drawn in this book. He's got sort of that, you know, old man forest look about him. Yeah. And uh, I, I you know, kind of almost a tree beard kind of thing going on. And, and I really dug the way Swamp Thing's represented. And, you know, here's the thing that I'm, I'm kind of amused by. I hated that. Uh, what was it? Uh, Justice League. No, no justice. No justice. Yeah. Uh, I hated that story. But the the element of the story that they bring over to this book with the Tree of Wonder is super interesting. You know, oh yeah, I mean this, this story is the, rooted in no justice and DC metal, yeah. but somehow you know takes those notes and does a really good story with them. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really very interesting. I mean, I can't get over. I was like, I can't believe I'm digging this whole Tree of Wonder thing, and that was one of the things I just hated about No Justice. No, this book is great. Highly recommended. Can't wait for issue number two. Absolutely, and you know, I'm, I'm, they they did announce that Justice League Beyond, which was the the like the space story, has been delayed yeah. until September. Uh huh. Um, I, I I'm I'm I, I'm kind of seeing online that it could be related to uh, the artist Stepan Sejic. Right. But um, you know, this is definitely a good start to this book, and yeah, I, I'm I'm very much looking forward to what's coming next. Yeah, me too. Me too. It's it, I, it, very enjoyable. Very enjoyable. So, Paul. Yes, sir. What's coming out next week? Well, adventure. Do you even know? Do I, you even know? I mean, I was going to answer your question, but <laughs> no. Adventures of the Super Sons number one comes out next week. So this is um, from Pete Tomasi with art by uh, Carlo Bar Barberi. Um, so what this book does is it tells a story that takes place before the events of Superman number one. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis' Superman number one. So we, we kind of get the continuing adventures of the Super Sons, but uh, before what's currently happening in that book. So if you, if you love your Super Sons, uh, that's where you want to go. We also get new issues of Batman and Cosmic Ghost Rider, which I, I, I don't know if we talked about it on the mics, but I'm pretty sure we, we universally enjoyed the hell out of that book. Cosmic Ghost Rider? Yeah, no? Yeah, I, I hated it. What, am I thinking of a different uh, I, book? I'm thinking Thanos. Did I read Cosmic Ghost Rider number one? <laughs> <laughs> I really disliked Cosmic Ghost Rider. Wait, is that the book where he's saving Thanos as a baby or something like that? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, that book sucked. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah, don't read that. But Justice League number five <laughs> comes out next week, as does Mr. Miracle number 10. Ah, New issue exciting. of Mr. Miracle from Tom King and Mitch Jarrods. And a whole slew of other goodies that I am sure we will talk about next time when we record on Funny Books with Aaron and Polly. Super exciting. 
All right, guys. Well, we hope you enjoyed this abbreviated uh, Funny Books podcast. You know, uh, when you distill it down to just Paul and I, you know, it's just going – it's not a tree of wonder, a podcast of wonder. Like I I feel like there should be some ah, music. <laughs> you don't know that there's not going to be in post, Paul. I don't. We've got, we got all kinds of production staff out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Have a good one. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast. <laughs>